The following podcast may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is co-host and producer Eddie. I had to drop this warning before post-production work, but I think this episode was haunted. Anne's voice had a weird echo on it, and as you will surely notice, the syllables on the beginnings and ends of some of the phrases are somewhat unintelligible. Also, my laptop crashed a couple times while recording. That said, on with the show. What are you doing? Wait, are you drooling on the computer screen? Maybe. What or who are you looking at? Um, well, only the hottest paranormal investigator, um, Zach Baggins. <laughs> Bilbo Baggins? Oh. <laughs> Jeez. No, I'll just say you need to intro the show already. Yes, I think he's hot. Go ahead, talk some crap, whatever. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> Fine. You're listening to Unexplained Realms, the podcast. This episode is about the haunting of the Ammons family, as well as the home it occurred in. Subsequently, the home became the subject of a famous paranormal investigation. As you heard, I'm joined in the studio by producer and co-host, Eddie Lee. Hello, everybody. Hope you're ready for this. It's pretty crazy. November of 2011, single mother Latoya Ammons and her three children, ages 7, 9, and 12, moved into a home with her mother, Rosa Campbell, 3860 Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana. By December, not long after moving into the home, the family would find swarms of black flies on their screened-in porch even during snowy weather. All their attempts to kill the flies never worked. At one point, Rosa Campbell and her daughter began hearing footsteps in the basement coming towards the kitchen. Then the door would creak. But no one was ever there. One night, they began seeing a shadowy figure of a man. He appeared to be pacing back and forth in their living room. Upon investigating the shadowy figure, they found muddy boot prints in the living room. At one point, Rosa was choked by an unknown force. But thus far, whatever this was, had only affected LaToya and her mother, Rosa. 
know by March 10, 2012, around 2 a.m., the children 7, 9, and 12 began to be affected. Rosa and Latoya heard screams from the 12-year-old. Arriving at her room, they found the young girl levitating above her bed. After the incident of the young girl, she had no memory of what had happened. That evening, Latoya had guests visiting as they were grieving the loss of a loved one. Those guests refused to ever come back to her home again. At one time, one of her sons had his eyes roll back into his head. He began growling and saying in a deep voice, it's time to die and I will kill you. Latoya's older son was thrown across a room by an unknown force. Much like how his grandmother was choked by an unknown force. Rosa Campbell finally told her daughter Latoya it's time to get help. They knew this was something supernatural that was out of their control. After reaching out to local churches who refused to listen, they felt discouraged. Though one church did listen and stated they believed their home had spirits in it. Explaining to the family that a cleansing was needed, they instructed the family to clean with bleach and ammonia, as well as draw crosses in oil on every window and door in the home. The church also suggested that Latoya pour olive oil on the heads, feet, and hands of her children, making the sign of the cross on their foreheads. Latoya and her mother Rosa also reached out to clairvoyants. Two clairvoyants stated that the home had more than 200 demons residing inside of it. One clairvoyant suggested the family move, but without funds to do so, this was not an option. Another clairvoyant suggested creating an altar in the basement. Latoya went on to create the altar, which consisted of an end table covered with a white sheet, a white candle, statues of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, and an open Bible, opened to Psalm 91. They then burned sage, founding in the basement and working their way up through the rest of the home. The smoke from the sage was so thick and it made it hard to breathe. 
Matoya continued on to make crosses with the smoke. Then went on to read Psalm 91 out loud from the Bible. For three whole days, the family experienced peace. But then the demons came back with a vengeance. The three suddenly began to have all evil smiles with bulging eyes and at times deep voices. Shortly after the children became fully possessed, so did Latoya. Latoya described being possessed as a feeling of lightheadedness, weakness, and she was always warm. Overall, a feeling of being out of control. Throughout the possession of Latoya and her children, her youngest son would sit in the closet and talk to what he described as another young boy who told him what it was like to be murdered. Rosa stated at one time she saw her youngest grandson, who was seven at the time, fly out of the bathroom as if someone had thrown him. On another time, a headboard hit Latoya's 12-year-old daughter and caused injury that needed stitches. Some nights, Latoya would take her children and mother to sleep in a hotel for peace. On April 19, 2012, Latoya went to her family doctor, Dr. Jeffrey Onayiku. She explained what was happening and had hoped that somehow he could help. The doctor stated her two sons were speaking in demonic voices and in a rage towards him. He and his medical staff witnessed the young boy be lifted into the air and thrown into a wall with no one touching him. Both boys then passed out and would not come to. Latoya cradled one of her boys while grandmother Rosa held the other. The doctor's office called 911 and multiple officers and ambulances arrived. The boys were transported to the Methodist Hospital campus in Geary. Latoya was laughed at when she expressed a desire to anoint her son's head in olive oil. The staff would not allow her to see the boys. When her sons woke, the nine-year-old was calm, though the seven-year-old was not. He thrashed around, screaming. It took five men to hold him down. The Department of Child Services were called to investigate Latoya Ammons. 
for possible child abuse. They believed LaToya had mental illness and the children were performing for her. No hospital personnel examined LaToya and the children and found them all to be healthy with no marks or bruises. The hospital psychiatrist even stated that LaToya was of sound mind. During an interview with a mental health provider, the 12-year-old did state that she sometimes felt as if she were being choked and held down so she couldn't move. At times, she claimed she would hear a voice stating she would never see her family again. Case manager Valerie Washington from the Department of Child Services met the family for an interview at a local hospital. During this interview, Valerie was accompanied by a registered nurse and the child's grandmother, Rosa Campbell. At one point during the interview, the seven-year-old had a weird grin on his face. He began growling and exposing his teeth His eyes rolled back into his head and he grabbed his older brother's throat. Locking his hands around until adults pried them apart. After taking the interview into a small room, Valerie, the DCS worker, Rosa Campbell, the grandmother, and a registered nurse watched the seven-year-old begin to growl while staring into his brother's eyes. He then stated in a demonic voice to his brother, it's time to die, I will kill you. While the seven-year-old growled these words, the oldest son began to headbutt Valerie, the DCS worker, and his grandmother in the stomach. Rosa grabbed her grandson and began to pray over him. During this chaos, the nine-year-old began to grin oddly, and then he walked backward, up a wall, to the ceiling. He then flipped over his grandmother and landed on his feet. The registered nurse witnessed this and later told a newspaper, there's no way he could have done that. Police later asked Valerie, the DCS worker, if the child had run up the wall as if performing a trick, but he stated no. He glided backward on the floor, up the wall to the ceiling. With this undeniable proof that was witnessed by so many, a police report noted that Valerie Washington stated she did believe there could be an evil influence affecting the family.
At this time, DCS stepped in and took protective custody of LaToya's children without a court order. By April 20th, 2012, the Reverend Michael Magano, priest at the St. Stephen Martyr Parish in Merrillville, received a call from the hospital chaplain. The hospital chaplain asked Michael to perform an exorcism on a nine-year-old boy. Matoya Ammon's boy. Michael agreed to at least interview the family in the home after Sunday Mass. Visiting the home on April 22, 2012, he interviewed the family for two hours. During the two hours, the bathroom light would flicker. The kitchen blinds would swing. Though there was no current in the air, wet footprints began to appear on the living room floor. Latoya suddenly began to experience a headache and would convulse when the crucifix was placed near her head. After the two-hour interview had turned into a four-hour interview, the priest stated he was convinced the family was in fact being tormented by demons as well as various ghosts in the house. Before leaving, he blessed the home, praying and sprinkling holy water from room to room. He also encouraged LaToya and her mother Rosa to leave the home as he did not feel it was safe. The family immediately moved in with a relative. Nearly a week after the priest blessed the home, LaToya and her mother Rosa had to visit the home to allow DCS worker Valerie Washington view the condition of the home. Two officers accompanied LaToya and Valerie, one officer from the town of Gary and another from Hammond. LaToya refused to go into the home. In the kitchen, a door led to the basement. This is where LaToya had set up her altar and poured salt to ward demons off. She told the Hammonds officer that the demons seemed to come from the dirt area beneath the stairs in the basement. The officer from Gary Police Department was the police chief, Austin. He had stated he had never really believed in demons, but he did now. During his interview with Rosa, his recorder malfunctioned. But when listening to it later, he would hear a voice saying, Hey, 
That same officer took photos of the home, particularly one in the basement of the stairs. It now appears to have a cloudy image that looks like a face. In another photo, there is a green image that appears to be a female. Later, after the home visit, the officer experienced malfunction in his police car. The vehicle's radio. Upon arriving home, he was unable to open his own garage door. It appeared to be malfunctioning as well. In his personal vehicle, the driver's seat began moving forward and backward on its own. After visiting a mechanic, it was determined the seat's motor was malfunctioning, which could have led to an accident while driving. Later in April of 2012, DCS did rule to take LaToya's children from her, citing that she did not regularly send them to school. LaToya stated that the children were oftentimes sick and rarely slept as a result of the demonic activity in the home. During the separation of the Ammons family, LaToya and her children were examined by multiple psychiatrists. LaToya and her children still insisted that they were possessed by demons. In order to gain her children back, DCS stated she needed to find a new home and a job, as well as work on discipline that did not include religion or discussions of demonic possession. Afternoon of May 10th, 2012, Lutoya, her mother Rosa, Gary Police Chief Austin, and two other officers went back for a visit to the home on Carolina Street. As officers from Lake County arrived with a police dog and the priest, Michael Magana, Valerie Washington, the DCS worker, refused to go back into the home. So another DCS case manager joined in her place. The police dog showed no interest in anything around the home, but the DCS caseworker found a slippery, sticky substance dripping in the basement. The priest asked officers to look at the dirt under the stairs for a pentagram or anything else that indicated occult activity. Or possibly search for a body, which could lead to paranormal activity. Officers began digging a four foot by three foot hole in the dirt under the stairs. They found the following, a pink press on fingernail, a white pair of panties, a political pin for a shirt, a lid to a small pan for cooking, socks, but the bottoms had been cut off below the ankles, various candy wrappers, 
and an unknown metal object that appeared to possibly be a weight belonging to a drapery cord. After finding these items, officers placed the dirt back and raked over it. Father Magano blessed the dirt with some salt. Salt is believed to be a barrier to evil. Samantha, the DCS worker, stood in the living room and complained that her left pinky tingled and suddenly felt broken. Within 10 minutes, she felt as if she were having a panic attack. She left the home to take a few moments outside. Latoya Ammons had to do the same as she complained of a headache and pain in her shoulder. Austin, the police chief, indicated he did not wish to stay in the home past dark. Officers stayed behind and found oil dripping from the blinds. To be sure no one had placed it there, the officers cleaned it off and secured the room, only to come back and find more oil. Father Michael Magano wrote a report and asked permission of the bishop to perform an exorcism on Latoya Ammons. The priest performed an intense blessing on the home and then an exorcism on Latoya. Real officers and Samantha, the DCS caseworker, attended the two-hour minor ritual. After this ritual, Samantha was involved in a series of accidents. Third-degree burns from a motorcycle, broken ribs from a jet skiing accident, and a broken ankle. After this first exorcism, Father Magano told Latoya Ammons to research the names of the demons they had heard. She found the name Beelzebub, which was the Lord of the Flies and other names of demons that particularly preyed on children. Some of the names she had found were lieutenants and sergeants in the underworld. In June of 2012, Father Michael Magano performed three major exorcisms of Latoya Ammons in the Merrowville Church. Between the second and the third exorcism, Father Magano went on a retreat, but he left behind an assistant who was instructed to write the name of one of the demons and burn it if Latoya had any issues. Latoya began having nightmares and called Father Magano on his retreat. He instructed the assistant to burn the envelope and save the ashes for a later church bonfire. 
By the third exorcism, Latoya no longer convulsed during prayer. Latoya and her mother had moved to Indianapolis, and six months after her children were removed from her care, they were returned. Latoya was able to pick them up from DCS in November of 2012. Were Latoya and her children possessed? Or was this a curse on the home? I guess we we just leave this one to the realms of the unexplained. Uh, nope, not this time. <laughs> You're still over there drooling over Zach Bagans? <laughs> I can see the computer screen. Now I know why. Okay, yeah, you caught me <laughs> red-handed. His movie over on Hulu, Demon House, it's all about this case. Um, he bought that house for 35000 after Latoya's family moved out. Oh, yeah, I watched that the other night. That guy's a little bit overdramatic. I used to watch those shows with my kid years ago when he was into that kind of thing. You know what I find so crazy about this documentary? What? Is all the people who suffered ailments after being in the home, it was just like the original story, like the DCS worker, Samantha. It's crazy. Uh, very crazy. All right. I think I'm ready for one of those mistletoe martinis you've been talking about. <laughs> A mistletoe martini, huh? Well, I think I could go for some tequila right now or some cognac. If you're new, you can visit us at unexplainedrealms.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. And don't forget to smash those like, subscribe, and follow buttons. And don't forget to hit the show notifications button on Spotify so you get reminders when we drop a new episode. Support for this podcast comes from Anchor.fm and V Media Studios. Don't forget to click on our sponsors' links when visiting unexplainedrealms.com. With a variety of brands and products to choose from and the most exclusive deals just for you.